Hi, I'm Jeannie Becker. Welcome to Beyond Style Matters. I've spent decades working in fashion's trenches in the best and the worst of human style and had the opportunity to get up close and personal with some of the world's most intriguing characters. What I've learned about truly great style is that it goes far beyond what we wear. It's about the way we move through the world. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. That Charles Dickens quote from A Tale of Two Cities certainly sums up the past year for many of us, with a wretched, unprecedented pandemic taking so many lives, ravaging both our health system and the economy, and causing untold dreams to simply go up in smoke. But 2020 also gave us lots of precious time to reflect, to tap into our survival skills and focus on the kinds of things that are ultimately important to us. For many of us, it's been an emotional roller coaster of the highest order. But in between those sweeping waves of sadness, some important relationships were nurtured and somehow blossomed. And while we were prevented from getting physically up close with so many of our loved ones, personal communication became more important than ever. For me, a podcast took shape, and this past fall, I began savoring this simple, wonderfully accessible platform that took me back to the early days of my media career. Maybe because my globe-trotting days were over, for now anyway, I grew nostalgic for the kinds of conversations I used to have with style movers and shakers. And so with the launch of Beyond Style Matters, I suddenly had the opportunity to reconnect with some fabulous old friends from the old days in fashion's trenches. And together, we reflected, reminisced, and speculated about style and how our attitudes about fashion and lifestyle had changed because of these enigmatic times. Here are just a few excerpts from a handful of candid conversations with some of my favorite subjects. You might call them style survivors. Their optimistic spirits have certainly seen them through these tough times and will undoubtedly serve them well and hopefully inspire you as we all gingerly embark on the brave new adventure that 2021 is bound to be. The iconic and engaging Isaac Mizrahi, who ruled the New York fashion roost back in the hedonistic 90s, has always been one of my favorite subjects. A yeshiva boy turned designer, Isaac's charming intellect is rather irresistible. And these days, besides still dressing women with his accessible clothing collections, he's also involved in cabaret performing and authored an acclaimed memoir in 2019. Isaac was at his cozy home in Bridgehampton, New York, when I caught up with him, and he credited his routine for keeping him sane during COVID. I'll tell you, everybody deals with things differently. But for me, I feel like unless I am on some kind of schedule, like if I don't wake up at a certain time, I probably won't get up. You know, it's like the greatest thing for me, the biggest blessing so far has been that I've been taking these bike rides every day, like hour-long bike rides every morning. It's like the first thing I do, you know? And I'm thinking about this, and it's like, you know, that's how I am no matter what. No matter what, I feel like you've got to develop some kind of, 
I don't know what, like a, a tradition or something or a, it's not exactly a routine because it's not really, it, the, the routine of it is that I actually do it every single day. But how about you, Jeannie Becker? Like, do you find what I'm, does this resonate with you at all? Or I do you understand. Go like, you're crazy. I, listen, I understand what you're saying. I am not a creature of routine. I, I know you don't even like to call what you're doing routine, but it's almost like having a raison d'etre, though. What, yeah. what you're talking That's about, right. like a reason for being, for getting out of bed, and get. And I wish I could do that more. I'm not that disciplined. I like, mm-hmm. especially during this period, I have taken uh, the luxury of the time that I have because I have much more time, and I don't have to rush. And how many times in my life am I going to do this where I can just savor the moment a lot more than ever before? So I'm really waiting for the spirit to move me. And thankfully it does. So it's not like I'm just sitting around being a lazy bum. However, am I as driven as normal? No, I'm not. Are you? Well, I have to say something, Jeannie, like what you're saying is it's very influential. I mean, like I am thinking about that and you know, I, I've been thinking thoughts along those lines, but hearing you say it makes me, you know, kind of take those thoughts very seriously. I mean, I do think the bicycle thing is a good thing because it's, I, I have to move my butt. If I don't move my butt, I'll be like mm-hmm. giant. And I don't, that I really can't yeah, afford yeah. to do. Like, like, but luxuriating in the time, I also feel like I am kind of allowing myself to do that. You know, it's a very subtle thing, right? It's like, I allow myself to like read for hours and like, you know, never, where do you ever get the time to read for hours? I I watched, I watched like the entire, like seven seasons of the Mary Tyler Moore show. You know, (laughs) I'm in the middle of like the entire, like seven season of the Gilmore girls, which I never watched. I mean, it's like a little crazy, you know, like when will you ever see the Gilmore girls? Never, except (laughs) in this time, you know. Um, Where do you think we're going to go with style and fashion? How is that going to affect uh, the way that we dress, what we've just all been going through? It's going to be some kind of a synthesis, right? Like I think from here up, people are going to be thinking a lot about because of, you know, I think, Mm -hmm. I think a few things are going to change, you know, just socioeconomically, like it's going to become a real technological market. You know, like, I don't think there's going to be a lot of in-person meetings anymore. I don't think there's going to be a lot of in-person shopping anymore, you know? Um, I mean, there's going to be some things, and I, and I feel like, you know, for, let me say this, I really mean this because I am very, very invested in the performing arts these days. You know, I work in cabarets and I work at nightclubs and I, that's my thing. And that's been the biggest drag for me because all of those gigs have been canceled, you know, for two years, right? But I've been thinking lately that like, if anything is going to happen, that's going to come back in a vengeance because... You can't do that over Zoom. You really can't. You can try and it's interesting and it's this and that, but there's nothing that's going to replace A, live theater, right? B, like beautifully shot movies, beautifully series oh, that are a shot. Live music, live music. How much no. are we craving that? Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. Becker. But you see what I mean? So like, so let's talk about that and then how will fashion be a part of that? You know, I feel like how good we've gotten over the past 20 years at this kind of construction, I think an actual, an actual poll, like the polls, they'll be like this kind of really down. Like, I think for the most part, people are going to get used to this kind of, it's almost going to be 
like ancient Rome or something where you're going to be in a toga or something very loose or very, very comfortable and stretchy, or you're going to be made up and done up from here. You know what from I'm saying? From the waist up. Yeah. Right? Like Jane, from like the Jane bust Jetson. line up. <laughs> right. Jane Jetson, mask. Another beloved New York designer who I've always had a big soft spot for is the ultra-talented Anna Sui, who never failed to take her fans on a beautifully nostalgic journey each season with her colorful and girly take on pop culture. A brilliant stylist whose cool collections often have a vintage vibe, Anna Sui continues to inspire legions of fashion fans the world over, and certainly inspired me with her optimistic outlook and hope for the future. I don't know how these times have been treating you. I mean, very uncertain, quite the emotional roller coaster for uh, so many of us. You know, one minute we think, okay, we're going to be okay. And then <gasps> are we really going to be okay? What's your philosophy that's really seeing you through this? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a scary time. and But I'm like the ultimate optimist. So I'm always like trying to think of, okay, what can I do next? What What's the next step? And, you know, quite frankly, it's like one step forward, 10 steps back, but yeah. still gradually we're moving forward. I mm. think that, you know, an exciting thing is, that's been happening in New York is this outdoor dining, which is getting people out and about again, yeah. because it was just a deserted city for the longest time. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's, it's going to be a slow process and we have to be cautious. And it's just, this is, this is what we have to do right now. How are you anticipating um, that this whole experience is going to change our attitude towards fashion and style and getting dressed up? Well, I mean, I think it's seismic because isn't that, I mean, that was the first thing I thought about every morning. What am I going to wear today? And then there was those months of like, well, you're just you and you're just going to be hanging out and watching television or doing chores. So that was the first time that I wore t-shirts and, you know, dressed really casual. Usually every day, full makeup, full outfit, shoes to match, you know, jewelry, all of that. I, I just love, I just love dressing up. So I think that it kind of gave you a different focus on life, which is kind of what I'm trying to do for my spring collection is changing the focus where it's more about you and what's surrounding you. Like home is where the heart is. That's so interesting because when I think of uh, your shows and some of your brilliant, uh, legendary really collections in the past, you know, I think of this is what I want to wear if I'm going to go to a rock concert. You know, this is what <laughs> I want to wear if I'm going to Coachella. It was all about dressing up to go out and celebrate life out there, out there yeah. in the World. And to be seen by other people. I mean, that uh. was the whole thing because that was your vocabulary. It's uh. like what you were wearing on your back was what you were going to attract and, you know, make friends with. And, and that was just so important to me all those years. Every great conversation needs a pause, so this is the perfect time to talk to you about our sponsor, TSC, who, without their support, this podcast wouldn't be possible. 
Now, as you might know, I've covered the catwalks of Paris, Milan, New York, and London. And so you might ask, why have I partnered with a retailer like TSC, today's shopping choice? Well, I believe great fashion should be accessible to everyone. And TSC.ca is home to some amazing designers, wonderful Canadians like Brian Bailey, Kim Newport Mimran of Pink Tartan fame, and Hillary McMillan, as well as quality brands like Lamarck and Ron White Shoes. It's one-stop shopping for everything you need to make your own style statement. And of course, TSC offers so much more than mere fashion. Shop tsc.ca and discover some great brands at some great prices. As a kid growing up in Port Perry, Ontario, Hollywood stylist Brad Goreski was a mega fan of fashion television and always dreamed that one day he'd transcend small town Canada and mingle with the Tinseltown glitterati that he so adored. He made his way to New York, started interning at Vogue, and eventually made his name as a super successful stylist with an impressive roster of celebrity clients. But Brad's charm knows no bounds, and America fell in love with him even more when he began reporting on the red carpet. Just how meaningful the red carpet will be in the future is anybody's guess, but one thing seems likely, our passion for dressing up while on hold for now will never completely go away. You've come a long way, baby. We have come a long way. The scene, fashion has come a long way uh, and kind of went into this weird space, I think, right now, where fashion is, hmm, it certainly ain't like it used to be. Um, no. The fashion scene that you got so excited about and, and I was so excited about and, and you delved into and and really um, pushed and stretched and provided us with so much entertainment um, and and good taste uh, for all the red carpet dressing you did all those years. I mean, how do you see it now, fashion and its allure or perhaps lack of allure? I mean, has it lost its luster a little bit for you? For me personally, no. I, you know, I, I've been enjoyed is probably the wrong word but i think maybe the break of the the hectic nature of the fashion world right now has been kind of nice um i think you know being a stylist and and having so many events and shoots and things going on all at once it's it's really made me appreciate my job as a creative outlet that i really enjoy i i did a virtual shoot with a client of mine uh for vogue.com and it was just so nice to be with like looking at clothes again you know and seeing what's happening and i do think that we are in a space where things are definitely going to change after this because there's no way they can't um you know a lot of designers are not going to be able to survive covid and mm, this pandemic sure. and a lot of big department stores and big brands are are also not going to be able to survive but i think it's also what i'm seeing too in the resort collections and the way that the designers are presenting or have had presented their couture collections this season i think it's also a, a really good time for for people to be tapping into their creativity and and pivoting because we're all having to pivot right now. Um, but I love what I do. I love, I love being around clothes. I love, you know, the joy that that fashion, I see fashion bringing to people um, and to my clients. And 
I like being the conduit to that. I like, I like making that experience for people. When you say that you believe that fashion is inevitably going to change, has changed already uh, and will continue to change, in what way primarily? I mean, is it going to have to do with our appetites for fashion and our our zest for uh, great style? I mean, uh, that I think is something that's just inherent in, in you know, human beings. Mm-hmm. I think fashion is just something that go, we're the only human, uh, we're the only re- creatures, really, the only animals that like to dress up or that get to dress up. So that is a very, it's a very unique thing to us. But how do you think what's going on in these last few months is really going to change our our appetite for it? Well, what it's made me realize is how much thought I put into the presentation of myself for other people. You know, so being at home right now, I, and just, and being with my husband, like, you know, we haven't been, I've been dressing down like a lot and I, I still have the desire to buy things and to treat myself to things. And, you know, once everything started picking back up, I was, you know, shopping on my sites like I was before, but there has been that moment for me where I'm like, really, where am I wearing this? Like really, where am I going? I, I know I want this leopard print Stella McCartney suit, but where am I going in the next year? And so for me, I think it's made me realize that the the art of presentation and the way that I take care of myself is very much for an audience. It's not necessarily something that I do when I don't have the audience. Does that make sense? Yes. So. Totally. So that that kind of that idea of putting oneself together for other people to see and enjoy and comment on has been taken away for the moment. Mm-hmm. But I think as soon as that's you know as soon as that comes back into play, people are going to be out there. I'm hoping are going to be out there, kind of like really ready to like live and have fun. And you know, I don't know about I don't know about how much we're going to be showing off though. Like, I wonder how much of the red carpet is going to come back to the way that it, that it was, you know, with $30 million necklaces and, you know, $250,000 gowns. And the other side of that coin is that if we stop supporting the people who are making those gowns and the couturiers and, you know, the, the women and men at the Lesage Embroidery House and the people who make the couture textiles and all of those things, then we also stop a part of fashion history that we really need to keep alive. One of my all-time favorite ladies is the inimitable Sandra Bernhard, an author, comedian, actress, and chanteuse extraordinaire, who is a much-loved icon in the LGBTQ community and just an all-round brilliant and beautiful human being. Sandy, whose candor and unspokenness are always a joy to witness, also happens to have great personal style and a thing or two to say about the art of aging well. How is how do you think this period has changed our uh, appetite for fashion? I mean, can you like not wait to finally get out there and and strut it again? Or are you thinking that you might not ever care about getting that dressed up anymore? Well, I'm always going to dress up on stage. That is, I mean, that's where I I really 
like to, 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 you know, give people what their money's worth. You know, I'm always going to be in hair and makeup and I'm always going to have something fresh and new to wear. But I think day to day, I think we've all kind of gotten to a different place than we were in the 90s or even in the early aughts where we still thought we had to like, you know, even walking around New York City during the day, wear a heel or a boot or, you know, some sort of over the top expensive coat. I think people have had it. They want, in the winter, they want a down coat. They want a a jean. They want a, a boot that you can move in. I mean, it's just, it really doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're on TV or you're in a situation where you, because I think even, even at, at offices now, I think people are just like, I, we don't have time for this. We got to get down to, to, to the, to business here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you want to look fresh. You want to, I mean, I just got my hair cut and colored for the first time in seven months because I'm going back to shooting pose next week. Oh, and I was like, I have to say, I was getting a little bummed out by my hair. By my hair, I was getting a little bummed out by my hair, a little depressed. And now I feel, I really feel like it made me feel renewed and yeah. really, really good. It's funny how something like a hair do, hair cut, or even hair color or lack of proper hair color can do that to you. We still do judge ourselves so uh, relentlessly and harshly and sadly uh, a lot of the time. Do you find that with age, this is something that's escalating or are you easier on yourself? Uh, I don't know how you feel about age and that whole thing. I, I, well, you know, I mean, again, we've all had a lot of time to think about all of it, you know? I just turned 65 in the middle of this insanity, which I'm like, what? What in the hell is going on here? This is not, this doesn't make any sense, but it's, it is what it is. And I mean, I've got my little workout station here at home because I, I mean, I'm a gym person. I go twice a week normally with my trainer. And now I'm working out at home and I've managed to keep myself in pretty good shape. I do like the minimal sort of face stuff to keep myself looking fresh. I don't think I'm obsessive about it, but I want to look good. I mean, and, and it's easy to look good. So why wouldn't we want to look good? When it comes to interiors, few do them better than celebrated interior designer Tommy Smythe, a cool and classy mega talent whose wit and charm have made him a TV favorite. Tommy, whose sister Christy is the co-founder of the popular Smythe clothing label, is currently writing a book and I can't wait to read it. His observations of home style, sartorial style, and where the two meet are both savvy and edifying. What about for you, Tommy? How do you think uh, this whole you know year that we've been struggling through really is going to affect the way that we're going to want to live in our homes or the the way our homes will be working for us? It's such a big question, Jeannie, and you know it's something that I have spent a great deal of time thinking about. Um, I plan to write a little bit about my thoughts on that during this time and in get in getting those thoughts together. Here's a couple of things just sort of off the top. I think at our core, the way that we express ourselves sartorially or in our homes with the things that we choose to present are directly connected to our feelings of self-esteem and our feelings of connectivity and happiness. It is how we connect. It's a way in which we connect with other people. When you invite people into your home, 
which we have not been able to do, having those people in your home and showing them your, your version of the expression of yourself through the arrangement of the things that you have in your home is important in terms of human connection. Just as the way that you dress when you're going to see someone, whether it's an individual person, a small group, or at a party, is an expression of respect for those people. It's an expression of who you are, what you're thinking, how you're feeling at the moment. Fashion is very cyclical and it's very seasonal. We haven't had seasons or cycles during COVID. That's been difficult. I feel like we're in this kind of very insular, very isolated, seasonless world right now. And I think the great challenge moving forward, getting through the end of this, is going to be to find ways in which we can express ourselves in those ways and share in those ways in different ways. So I have been getting dressed up for Zoom calls, um, sometimes in funny ways, like sometimes I'll just put on, you know, a wig, <laughs> you know, just to make people laugh when they, when they see me appear on their screen. But I've also been putting on a collared shirt and a blazer just to go downstairs to my desk to work for the day because that matters to me. How I dress affects directly affects how I feel. And so I think people have forgotten to give themselves that on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So my recommendation would be dress up once in a while, even if it's just for your kids and your husband mm -hmm. or your boyfriend or girlfriend or your dog, mm -hmm. do it because there are endorphins that are created from yeah. that. You feel better from that. Yeah. There's no question that uh, dressing up has incredible transformational qualities to it and really can take you to a whole other place psychologically. I mean, we've seen that so often. So yeah, it is a great, uh, a great exercise in kind of soul surfing. Jay Manuel is the American-born, Toronto-raised creative director and makeup artist who illustrated his astounding understanding of image and attitude on America's and Canada's Next Top Model reality series. Jay's also an expert on red carpet dressing and has covered that glitzy scene for years. This past year, Jay Manuel came out with his first juicy novel entitled The Wig, The Bitch, and The Meltdown, proving once again that he has lots to say when it comes to the business of appearances. I love talking with Jay about where he thought glamour was going in this age of COVID. Okay, so let's get a little, let's get a little shallow for a moment and talk sure. about... Uh, the red carpet, because you, my dear, have been a wonderful connoisseur of the red carpet for a long time. You understand glamour. You dissect it beautifully. Uh, you put it out there for us, but you, you're, you can read it uh, so well. And you've been a wonderful reporter on red carpets uh, for, for many, many occasions. What do you think the future of the red carpet is? I mean, is this really something mm -hmm. that's... Uh, becoming a little yesterday? You know, that's interesting that you asked that question because that's something I've been asking myself. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm looking for the silver lining of this pandemic and where we are in 2020. I know a lot of people want the year to go away, but I feel that so many people have been thrust into this kind of a different level of awakening to open their eyes, not only to what's going on around them, but also take and examine themselves. And yes, I think, you know, events, 
and, and celebrating, you know, craft and artistry is an important thing. Um, I, I think, you know, several years ago, that shift and that importance, you know, the spotlight moved from that to the red carpet and it being purely about who's there, what they're wearing. And, and, and yes, we love glamour. I mean, I, I love glamour, but when you make it the focus and the goal everything else gets lost. Uh, so I don't know how we're going to do red carpets. I thought that the MTV Awards, which recently aired, I thought they did a great, it was the first event that happened during COVID, I think, where they actually made it feel like a fun live event. But I, obviously, until we get this all under control from a health perspective, you know, you're not going to get these kind of mobs and swarms of people on a red carpet. But yeah. there still is a place for, uh, for dreaming and frivolity in this world. Is there not? Yes. I hope. I mean, it's not all about the gravity. I mean, we're living in heavy times. Let's face it. These yes. are very, very heavy times. The world is changing so dramatically and we're all sort of just you know, treading water here or hanging on but, with but, all our might. Do you know what I'm hoping though? I'm hoping, you know, fashion designers now, it's really incumbent on them to kind of find different ways of kind of communicating and sharing their art as opposed to dressing the hot new young actress on the red carpet of the Academy Awards. So now I feel like we can go back to a time to these incredible elaborate presentations you've covered them you've seen kind of the creativity that can go into it when you're forced to think outside of the box mm. i'm hopeful we will meet new creative talent you know and and so i think it might level the playing field mm. from just these big houses from the versaces etc and we might get to see kind of the way Alexander McQueen, and you know how Lee rose up. I mean, you know the story. You've interviewed him many times. I got to know him personally. I mean, I want to see more Lees come up into the world and we get to see that real creative and that passion. How do you think, you know, people are going to be dressing in the future? Uh, or, you know, and, and I'm not <laughs> talking about the much too distant future, but even past pandemic or post pandemic, hopefully there will be that time in the not too distant future. How do you think we're going to be embracing fashion, consuming fashion? <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be very fascinating to see if some of these kind of interesting, futuristic, dystopian type films will be, have really been kind of predicting how people dress. I think uh, when we can really be out there, I, I think, I feel that people are just going to kind of, at first, when we're, I mean, because we can go out and about, but I mean, when we're really out again, I think people are just going to be so creative. I think people want to express themselves in different ways. Uh, you know, I think we're already seeing that shift happen, even in some of the you know collections and digital presentations we're seeing. People want to just really express themselves because, instead of kind of following this kind of norm and just wearing labels and you know, they, they want to do something different. Um, I hope that's what we see. I, I think it's remained to be seen. Uh, I, I know for myself, you know, even, you know, I've, I'm obviously, I'm so grateful for technology. I get to do an entire book tour without traveling from one side of my office. But, you know, when I'm doing different interviews, I mean, I'm, I really just change waist up during the day. I mean, it's kind of, it'd be nice to dress all the way down to the shoes again. You know what I mean? Jacqueline McInnes Woods' humble beginnings in Windsor, Ontario, are a far cry from her ultra-glam existence in L.A. these days. 
as Steffi Forrester, who heads up a fashion house on the popular soap opera The Bold and the Beautiful, Jackie has built a huge global fan base these past seven years, and winning a daytime Emmy last year was the icing on the cake. The gorgeous fashionista, currently expecting her second child, is married to top agent Ilan Raspoli and credits her solid relationship for keeping her grounded and on track. But great relationships often require work and a little imagination, especially during COVID. Now, not too long ago, you uh, met your soulmate. You're uh, you're with a wonderful guy who's in the business too, on the other end of the business in like management. He's a, a really hot agent uh, in LA. So that obviously has been a great bonus for the way you choose to live and 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 the comfort level at which you can really dive into your lifestyle. Absolutely. When we met, uh, we just kind of put it out out on the table what we wanted what our morals, what we stood for, what we wanted in our lives, instead of just kind of saying, oh, you hike, I hike. Oh, that's cool. And even though you don't hike, or I like that sports game, it was just so true and authentic. And within the third date, I the first date, I, I, I kind of knew, although I did have a few drinks and I thought, well, do I know or is it the wine or the alcohol? I don't know. <laughs> but by date, day three, date three, I, uh, I definitely knew this was uh, my person. And, but it is, it is a dance, you know, during uh, COVID and, and lockdown and, you know, how to make those nights special and uh, still be present with one another. And, but we just made it a point to really connect with one another. And Hey, when you were doing it weekly and you're like, what else do we need to say? What else is really going on? we find it a YouTube and we would do, you know, salsa, salsa dancing, and we try to learn something. So we tried to make it, we tried to make it special. And now that things have, uh, some of the things are opening up. It is, it's nice to go out to dinner again and really dress up because, you know, obviously these Zooms are, it's great. It was fine at the beginning and being, having that connection, but you really need that sense of community uh, not just with your spouse, but with other people. And I think that's really important. Uh, but yeah, the Zooms were a bunch of blazers and sweatpants, <laughs> which <laughs> basically still I'm wearing. <laughs> like so many of those working in the arts, musicians really took a hit this year with countless tours canceled. Beloved Canadian crooner Michael Bublé was one of those who was forced to pull the plug on his big tour. But he found a few other ways to keep busy, including the launch of a new fragrance entitled Invitation Only by Michael Bublé, which we proudly carry at TSC. I loved my conversation with the personable and down-to-earth Michael, who reminded us all of the importance of compassion for one another and how crucial human connection is for our mental well-being. I know it's very much a matter of it for all of us now, day by day. Like, yeah, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, we hope, we pray. But, you know, it's always just getting up, getting through it. Just how do you... uh, how do you hang in there? How do you keep going? What is it that, that keeps you moving forward through this uh, wacky world, Michael? I've been telling everybody I know that 
right now, there, it has never been so important to pick up your phone and call people. And even if you feel like you're driving them nuts, you know what? People that might seem so strong to you, uh, you know, may not have a strong uh, constitution as you think they do. And it's so important to drive them nuts. Pick up the phone. Hey, I love you. Thinking about you. What are you doing? How are you doing? And because even though you might feel like you're a pain, you don't know. They really may need that call. You know what I mean? And and I think something that we, we're starting to talk about is mental health and I think COVID has really opened up the door to this to this conversation more than it, and and it needed to. And I mean, I, I hate to say that there's any positive thing about COVID, but uh, if there is, it's it's that it's that conversation that you know yeah. there's you know people that are scared and alone and they're already dealing with you know mental health issues and call them, pick up the phone, call them, drive them nuts, Zoom with them, bring your kids. You know, have them say, you know, join me for dinner. Come on, sit with me on Zoom and have a dinner with me. Because I think it, you might save somebody's life, you know. And um, I think that, and, and as we get into the Christmas season, which is sad for so many people, maybe they lost somebody, maybe, they, you know what I mean? It's a lonely time for a lot of people, but I think it's really important that we do that. How, yeah. By the way, how are, how are you doing through all of this? I'm hanging, hanging in and hanging on some days. Yeah, it's a scary ride some days for sure. I get these no great waves of sadness. What about you? I think, well, I think, you know, Jeannie, everybody, it's funny. I, I don't feel like we can't talk about those real things because I think everybody, I think it's the first time in history, truly, that every single human being in the world feels the exact same way. I mean, we all are, it's, you know, the, the universe, God, the Lord, whatever you want to call it, gives human beings. Uh, uh, a sound mind, uh, compassion, love. And it's amazing that when we get scared, how quickly those things disappear. They disappear. And we start to really, you know, get inside ourselves and worry about ourselves. And so I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's depressing at all for us to, to be honest. I think it just, I think it actually gives people peace and they think, my God, you know, they feel it too. Those are people that you know, I admire, I, I watch and I'm, man, I'm not alone in this. And I think, um, I was so excited yesterday when they talked about the vaccine because mm -hmm. it, there was this hope, oh my God, finally there's, you know, we have Fauci talking, you know, or who, you know, these epidemiologists, doctors actually talking about it in a positive way. It's, there's, it's not about left or right wing. It's, it's about, it's a human story. And I thought, you know, I was in a better mood and, and I thought, man, this is great. Christmas is coming. And my kids, mm -hmm. my kids, you know, are going to see a dad who's a lot happier because we all have those days, you know, just those days. Yeah. Where, what is happening? But it's uh, it's pretty relative, isn't it? Like, you know, I mean, I often talk about my parents. My parents are Holocaust survivors. So, like, I mean, yeah. I the stories I heard growing up about the hardships they had to endure and what the world was like, you know, back then. On some levels, I feel, how dare I complain? This isn't that bad. I mean, I'm still living, you know, in totally. a beautiful house and, and I have all these creature comforts and, totally. you know. You know, my family's good and, and, and my kids are, are healthy. And for me, I just, uh, I just say, I say to my kids all the time, you know, we have to be grateful. We have to be grateful. We really have to concentrate on making a daily effort to, to count our blessings because this pandemic just showed us how fragile not just life is but how fragile our mentality is mm -hmm. you know it's just our mental health and i mean the strongest of us 
who never thought that we could be broken have all of a sudden been broken. How has this era affected you as an artist, creatively speaking? Have you felt more creative uh, or maybe a little less so? No, I think I've been more creative. I think I've been more inspired to to do things. And what's funny is there's a frustration that comes with it because as inspired as I am to do the work, logistically to actually set up the infrastructure to get it done has become an impossibility. There is no there is no getting musicians into a studio. There's no putting, you know, in my case, uh, getting a beautiful orchestra together. It's, it's done. There's no such thing. Uh, obviously touring, uh, but again, perspective is the key word because um, there are so many people who are dealing with so, uh, you know, uh, so, so difficult, such difficult things. And, and uh, you know, God, I love music and I love touring and I love... But really, in the scheme of things, it's just not that important. My daughter is a musician um, and uh, all her hard-earned money and worked her butt off. She had an album that was due to be released like April 1st. And she was oh, no, right in the middle. On. Oh. She invested in a little camper. She was going to drive all across the country and play these yep. gigs. Every yep. single little town across the country, and it was months of prep, as you know how that. And then the pandemic just canceled out everything. Oh yeah, so that's a oh. that's a heartache, and so many musicians, as you know, you know, really had to go through that, and young musicians who are just really starting to make their way in the world. It's actually pretty heartbreaking right now because it's been really hard for any young artist in any in any sort of whether it's film or music, you know. They'll get their chance to. It's just not yeah. meant to, to be the way it is. It'll it'll it will happen. Wish your daughter luck for me, would you? You know, um, it's going to be a different. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a very different kind of Christmas this year. I think wanting to be with people that we just can't be with. And yeah. how how are you? How are you planning on celebrating it? What 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 are you? Well, here in Vancouver, here in Vancouver, we can feel the crunch coming, and we can feel that our government and our healthcare specialists have, I think, are trying to butter us up. I, I feel like that. This is just me talking. I'm just a, a Burnaby resident who, uh, I, I really, I feel like they're doing the best they can. But all the doctors and healthcare specialists that I talk to tell me that they think this is probably the beginning of, of, a little longer lockdown. Uh, and so we're just going to have to find a different way. You know, I'm not going to get to have the big dinner and the kids aren't going to have their, their friends over. Um, but we're going to have to find a different way. And it, it's funny, my wife and I, we talk, I talk about it a lot. We talked about it a few mornings ago and I, we woke up and I said, you know, kid, I said, we are actively going to have to work on a different mindset. You know, we can control how we feel about this and how the people in our lives feel about this. And so however we have to do that, whatever games we have to play with our minds, we, we must play the game. We must make the shift mentally to really be positive. Okay, you know, it's not going to be the same, but don't worry because we're going to have this. And maybe we can play bingo uh, on, you know, on, on, uh, on a Zoom call with everybody. Just, just anything to try to, you know, figure out a way to, to get through it. And, you know... Christmas really, this, this holiday couldn't come at a better time because I think right now people need the spirit of hope. And that's what Christmas is, right? You know, not for, not for, you know, for, you know, for some, obviously Christmas is celebrating the birth of, of Christ, you know, 
But for so many others, it's not. For so many others, it's uh, it's a holiday that just means hope to them and love and um, uh, and and you know the hope of a brighter future. And so, um, you know, I think we really need it. I mean, I'm excited to hear the music on the the radio. I'm excited to see the lights up. Because whether you like it or not, or you're a cynic about it or not, it just happens to be a time of the year where people just are better to each other mm-hmm. and kinder. And um, we definitely could use that right now. Well, that's it for season one of Beyond Style Matters. Stay tuned for season two. You can find videos of the podcast at tsc.ca slash matters. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, happy holidays. And here's to light, love, good health, great style, and a brighter 2021. I'm Jeannie Becker.